jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Uh, let me blow the dust off. <laughs> The old girl. These, these ragged bones. Yeah, yeah, man. It's been a while since we've been here. So apologies for, uh, you know, such a long, protracted absence. But I was in seclusion for weeks after a traumatic experience. <gasps> oh. I don't even think I told you about this, Anthony. Oh. I guess I saved it for the air. Oh. Well, I rewatched The Omen 4, This Time It's a Girl, <laughs> and I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Stacey, were you not saying how much you loved it, like, a couple months ago? Or was that Omen 2? Omen 2 has my heart, and I love The Omen, and that's why I was like, well, obviously the next... Uh, Next thing to do is Omen 3 is pretty boring. Omen 4, it's made for TV. It's Omen 4, this time it's a girl. Okay? (laughs) It stars Faye Grant. And trust me, you will find no bigger fan of Faye Grant's performance as Dr. Juliet Parrish in V and V the final battle. So don't bother looking because you won't find anybody and you just waste everybody's time. I'm just going to believe you because (laughs) this sounds like a solid claim. Yeah. So I had seen it and I think the first time I saw it, I was like, "Eh, it's fine. For some reason, I was like this time. Oh man, I can't wait. This is going to be great. No, not great. For some reason. as As if this has never happened ever before in the saga of either of us yeah so i watched it and i said well that it's just not very good it's, it was just boring bad un- it's pretty un- boring it's pretty boring uh probably the highlight is the fact that girl damien delia <laughs> really yeah Delia's the best they could come up with. I love the name. I, everyone knows I love Delia Deet, so I love the name. But I'm like, love the name, love the catalog. Remember Delia's? Yes, yes. <laughs> and 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 but nothing. I associate Delia because there was also a, a resale store in my hometown called Delia's, and I just associate that with yeah, either Catherine O'Hara or magazines and fashions. Yeah, I associate it with that flower that, like, yes. would, would go on a bowler hat in yes. the 90s. Right? Yes! Uh, yeah. So probably the best part was the fact that Delia looks like somebody fired a shrink ray <laughs> at Talia Shire of the Godfather saga. <laughs> that was my big that was your takeaway that was my takeaway and then i said well i kind of i haven't seen the godfather in quite some time so i rewatched uh godfather one and two. Oh, really yeah are they good they are good i prefer one by miles over part two but here oh really 
Yeah. But doesn't everyone love the two more? Then everyone says it's like the Empire Strikes Back. I guess. But Mafia Star Wars. Yeah, but the first one you get James Caan, you get Marlon Brando. You know. So I don't know. I enjoyed the saga. He's dead in the second one? Mm Mm-hmm. I've never seen any Godfather ever. Really? Ever. Yeah, no. And this is why I'm interested to hear about it because I have on a on our queer feminist horror podcast, because I have never ever watched one. And I don't, it's not that I have an aversion. It's just that I've never felt the call. Right. Beyond people loving them and saying everyone has to see The Godfather like they're the greatest movies ever made. But I don't know. I I guess as far as I ventured into like Italian men is really Real Housewives season two. um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is the the thing is like, you know, I mean, Diane Keaton, uh, but the women. Diane Keaton. The women have, uh, across the saga, they have a combined total of, like, ten lines. And, you know, like, they're not, it's not about the women, that's for sure. I mean, I watched them, I think, probably the first time in college when I was, like, you know, if you like movies, you probably go through your film bro stage at some point in your life. And so in college, I had to watch, I was like, well, I gotta watch Mean Streets. I gotta watch every Scorsese movie. It was just like the canon of American film, you know? So I think that's when I saw it the first time. But It's good. I thought, should I? Should I join the mafia? (laughs) I'm gonna tell you right now, yes. (laughs) Should I? I would be so bad at it. But I'm like, should I have a career? Is it too late for a career change? It's, Stacy. it is never too late. Okay. As the bumper sticker and the inspirational card says. Right. <laughs> it is okay. never too late for you to join the mafia. Okay, thank you. I think that's really how they go about it, too, is by announcing it on... Um, Craigslist. Craigslist. <laughs> I should update, I'll update my LinkedIn. <laughs> Mafioso. Mafioso. Listen, I know I am, first of all, I'm a woman. Second of all, there's as far as I know, there's no Italian in me. Would you like some? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hit on myself apparently. Um, there's I don't have any Italian in my ancestral history, as far as I know. I would be very bad at being a mafia wife. Clearly, I'd be bad at being a mafioso. The first time I had to go break a kneecap and they'd be like, please give me more time. I'd be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, so I don't know. I'm thinking about it though, because the Godfather is pretty good. You're, but you also, you're a vegetarian and like you would have to eat meatballs. I'd have to eat the meatballs. You have to eat meatballs and, 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 um, you have to, you have to listen to a lot of dudes talk. Yeah. And it's not like Swift. They're not Swift about it. I feel like they like they're like very slow and like pontificating. Mm-hmm. So that bada would be... boom, bada boom. <laughs> they do all say that. I'll put that on my resume. I have seen a lot of the Sopranos. There we go. So did you do White Lotus season two? Not yet. Oh. Because the Soprano son is on there, right? But he's like all grown he's uh he has gray hair now. Yeah, it's shocking. Um there's 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 good there's great stuff but there's a there's some godfather references uh because it's it's in italy you know in sicily and i i i this is when i found myself grappling with the question do i watch the godfather now so i know what people are talking about 
Watch the first one sometime when you're in the mood for like a really good seventies movie that's three hours long. Maybe but it doesn't will. feel it doesn't really feel like three hours. I mean, it's quite a saga. I'll say that. But your favorite is the third one with Sofia Coppola, right? Duh. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just people don't do trilogies. Just have one good sequel and call it good. Yeah. I mean, know when is, to stop. This is what we've learned. <laughs> Clearly, we didn't know when to stop because now we're back. We're we're back. We've been yeah. talking about The Godfather for ten years. <laughs> As you can see, things have really changed after our eight years off. We we really figured out that new format to the show. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a total revamp. <laughs> Can't you tell? And well, we have a little bit. Like the format of the show is going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah, but we're doing some things a little differently. The bigger, one of the bigger things we're doing differently is we really, around Stately Gaylord's Manor, we enjoy a blank month. Oh. A programming month where we explore whatever kind of subgenre something for a month. Or a Gaylord's month, which can be three weeks, it could be eight weeks, it could yeah. be an actual month who knows indeterminate amount of time yes uh so we are switching to kind of a seasonal format like that like we're taking a we're stealing shall it no he didn't invent the he didn't invent the concept either but our friend mike over at the evolution of horror is great about doing seasons yes where he's like, okay, it's vampire season, so I'm going to watch every vampire movie that's ever been Ever! So we're not doing, we're not going that far. No. No, we're not, we're not, well, we're not Mike. <laughs> Clearly. We don't have the big accent. Clearly. Mike would already be talking about whatever movie he's going to talk about. He would have been talking about it for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I would have been so informed. Yeah, rather than, <laughs> should I join the mafia? <laughs> You could wear a wig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we are switching to that format where it's just going to be, we're going to explore and it, maybe it'll be a subgenre, like, you know, slasher movies is a subgenre or whatever, but also because it's gay lords or whatever, maybe it'll be, I don't know, movies where there are wigs month. <laughs> it'll be whatever strikes our fans, you know, <laughs> bada boom, bada boom. There's and and many of you listeners who are familiar with the show and those of you this is your first episode congratulations hi welcome <laughs> yeah bye <laughs> yeah. many of you I mean have celebrated these months with us before you know we had most recently Lifetime Month we we I think oh. kind of it all sort of got off to a start I think way back in the day with Witch Month Witch um, Month. We had Disaster um, July Disaster J- July which was like half of a summer <laughs> yeah. um, and I think those are just really some of the favorite little standout moments Mm -hmm. because otherwise then it's like well what do you want to talk about i don't know um quarantine no how about hostel Ugh. (laughs) yeah but but this way it's like oh we get to do deep dives and then what's nice too is also when we look at at movies within a certain genre or subgenre then you can kind of plot out themes or developments or that's exciting it is get dramaturgical with it yeah, so I'm very excited about the new kind of... It's a programming format. It's not like the show is changing, really. But no. 
there's uh, there will be maybe a surprise or two also coming but oh, yeah. but <laughs> otherwise you know it's still we're still your gay lords uh so but we're kicking it off with this new style this new year that's already a month in sorry about that everybody like i said i was in seclusion i didn't talk to anybody i haven't opened my curtains i haven't left the house i just i just have been sitting in my miss havisham dress <laughs> <laughs> crying over delia <laughs> just withered lace yeah yeah musty as fuck stacy uh, who the hell is estella <laughs> who are you talking to well i just didn't like omen four as much as i wanted to <laughs> it really did you it so when oprah asked the question what happened to you your answer mm. is omen four yeah. Wow. Did you hate it? No, I just wanted to like it more. <laughs> <laughs> the betrayal of, and this time it's a girl. Yeah. You should be able to trust in that. Just like how I'm trusting all of my heart place consciousness in and faith in the revelatory goodness that will be the children of the corn this time it's a girl. Now, that- see, while I am also... Uh, chomping at the cub (laughs) to get it in front of my eyeballs. I have no delusions, illusions, illusions, no illusions here because I am much more, no, I'm not bragging. However, after the corning on Final Girl, I am much more versed in the cornerverse than you. I got you to watch two and three for this show. So I know how bad they are. And so I look forward to it greatly, but I don't expect anything. It's the director of Ultraviolet. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. I love Ultraviolet. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be I don't think you believe that. Stacey, I can't believe that. <laughs> In this world, I need something to hold on to. Yeah, and then and then and then I forgot that it was even coming. And then and then you texted me the other day and said March. And I I I got I had, was in public. I had to get in my car so I could scream. And I lost my mind. And I I know it's gonna be awful, but I, I am counting down. No, it won't be awful. It'll be I'm gonna have the best time. Well, those are not mutually exclusive. It can be awful and you can have the best time. So here's hoping I have the best time. That's my expectation. Right. It's probably going to be horrible. We're probably going to hate it in ourselves. Probably. Can't wait for March. Probably going to be corn month. Maybe. Or or this time it's a girl month or something. Yeah. Oh, ooh. You see? Ooh. American Psycho 2. Stacy, Omen Four. Uh, really, you want to go no, back down that I, road? No, but but I will. Why don't they ever do? I mean, I guess I get. Yes, men are the default. Like it's not transgressive to have like a man, a woman put on jeans, but it is for a man to wear a dress. Whatever. But like, <laughs> but like, why don't they do this time? It's a boy, like poison boy boy ivy, boys and ivy, boys and ivy. <laughs> And he's like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. 
That's what he says. Okay. But yes, okay, never mind. Forget that. I love I okay. Well let's put that on the docket potentially. This time it's a girl month. That's great. Yeah. I mean we could do this time it's another gender month. This time it's another they. Right. <laughs> this time it's someone else. There you go. That covers everything. That covers all the possible bases. That you could do Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah, you could do five. It right. literally is someone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're egalitarian here. Oh. Anyway, but this month, this first month to kick it off, we're doing a favorite actual subgenre of ours. Oh, and that is found footage. Oh, found footage. You know we love found footage around here. So many people hate it. Uh, well, so if you, listener, are one of those people, I apologize. Come back in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Come back in a month, which we don't know how long that actually is. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we said, what movie can we do to kick off this new format, the new year? We've been on like a hiatus, I guess. Stacy has just been crying. <laughs> What do we what do we come back with after this for and found footage that we haven't already discussed that feels worthy of being the movie we come back with? Yeah. The answer was immediately clear. Lake Mungo. Oh, wow. She is a doozy. She's a real doozy of a movie. It's a very polarizing film. Is it? I think so. I think people who vibe with it and get it, talk it up, and say, oh, it's so scary. Oh, it's incredible. It's this wonderful, terrifying, blah, 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 blah. And so maybe a horror bro or something goes into it expecting one kind of thing. And then they get a thoughtful, quiet meditation on grief. Oh, because, oh, this makes sense. Say, it's boring. Nothing happened. There's like one good shot in the movie. <laughs> Well, and if and if like in terms of us speaking about which obviously yes, I can I think documentary, mockumentary, whatever it's called, docudrama. Nobody says docudrama. Does anybody say that? They should. They should, but it's it because mockumentary implies I, to me more comedy, more Christopher Guest, which are also also perfect. Um, I just I I just I, but I think that all falls within the realm of found footage because it's 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 using the media using the medium to tell the story i guess that's what all genres do okay marshall McLuhan. thank you thank you but you know like there's something there's something that if you want to immerse the viewer within the world easily versus just relying on them trusting in the image you give them it, it will present it as a lie and i mean this goes back to war of the worlds this goes to to dracula like the epistolary storytelling uh wait i just think it's one of the more intriguing ways to instantly put a viewer in that world Mm -hmm. and that's what i love about it and that's why i find it so effective so but i can see if you if you if we are talking about it as found footage and then maybe somebody goes to watch it and then they're like yeah it's people being interviewed and being sad i can see that but i just don't understand how you can watch this movie and not love it yeah i introduced a friend to it you know, and I talked it up and I was like, it's one of my favorite films, like definitely a top tenner for me. It's terrifying. Like the, the first time I saw Lake Mungo, it kept me up. Oh, oh, like yes. I, I was I was 
afraid when I went to bed and I had to get up and like watch another movie to get my mind off of it. Yes. this I mean, when we think back to the 2000s, um, what the thing, session nine and this. Yeah. Like that's going to fuck you up long term. So I introduced a friend to it. I had talked it up like that and we watched it together and he was like, eh. <laughs> just wasn't into it, you know? And I do think calling it found footage, people tend to think Blair Witch Project. It's like found footage can be just people as they experience a time and it's usually them actually holding the camera and telling us the story or pointing the camera at themselves Mm-hmm. For sure. But then there's also, like you said, the docu-style, like fake kind of documentary like this or Horror in the High Desert. Yes. Is like this or Noroi, I would call it that, where it's like assembled footage from different, there's a lot of talking heads. Mm-hmm. But it's not, here we are, three friends going away for the weekend, filming each other. Why are you filming me? <laughs> there's always that car <laughs> journey, right? David, put the camera down. Stop it. Stop it. Oh my God. There's always that. Every single one of them. The worst is that one. Oh, what's that one where they want to go? They're they're in like a they're gonna go off and they're gonna someone tells them like, oh, you can get cheap beer over here. And did you see that one? They go off to get the cheap beer and then they end up being hunted by like these men in an RV. <laughs> no. It's terrible. There's I've seen so many this is the problem with the genre, is I love it so much. Oh, I've said this a thousand times that I've seen all of them and they're most most of them are terrible. But when they work I'm a sucker. Yeah. I'm a total sucker. I'm a sucker. I've said it a million times in the show. I am a fucking sucker for the first person perspective. When they set up the cameras, like they do it here in Lake Bungo. I've seen this movie now. It doesn't scare. It unsettles me. It makes me sad. But this movie doesn't keep me up at night anymore, obviously. But like set up a camera and point it at something in the dark. And I know something is probably going to happen. I get scared. Mm-mm, can't do it. I, I applaud you because I watched this. I watched. I actually started my day with this. <laughs> That's a fun way to begin. Um, I... It was nonstop goose flesh. Just, I couldn't, there were so many moments I couldn't even look at this, the screen because it's like, it's, it's almost like that Neroi thing where, or incantation where I'm like, this is cursed and haunted. And if I look at it, it's going to transfer to me. That upsets me. I had seen it not too long ago because I did a guest spot on a podcast called Bikini Drive-In. Yes. Where we talked about Lake Mungo. So it, I have seen it, this is probably the second time I've seen it over the pandemic, I think. Because mm. Second Sight Releasing did a beautiful edition of it. Oh, it's incredible. Like a year ago, year and a half ago or something. And Here's the only thing I'll say about that. The release is incredible gorgeous stunning so much better than like well this was initially released as part of that wasn't it eight films to die for? eight films to die for which is insane remember that kids kids today don't know about eight films to die for okay but it was oh. like the bro horror era every year i don't even know what distributor it was Mm-mm. 
but Eight Films to Die For came out and it was like indie horror, kind of like maybe you'd get a foreign one. Like you got Reincarnation, the Japanese film. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. You'd get like a Mike Mendez movie. Like a lot of some of the movies were pretty good. And a lot, a lot of them of, weren't. <laughs> a lot of them really super weren't. Um, but Lake Mungo was one of them. And yeah. clearly Lake Mungo, I think, is the best one they ever put out in the entire series. But Lake Mungo, even just tonally, did not fit with what you thought an Eight Films to Die For movie would be. No, not at all. Like, I mean, Eight Films, it was it was like Eight Films to Die For, After Dark also, that, that would happen and you could get those films. Or then, um, but then that kind of, with the bro horror era, that kind of, I think, led towards labels trying to capitalize on that and then you got like dimension extreme and that yeah and that kind of ghost thing. house had their series that they 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 put out like a block of movies every year mm-hmm. this is see everybody this is when people still bought dvds okay this is like pre-streaming era yeah and so it was like it was a thing in horror when the eight, eight films to die for came out like, yeah i would go to best buy i would troll the horror movie aisle because it was an entire aisle because they actually sold physical movies back then <laughs> yeah i'm dating myself here and and, and I would look at all the new ones and you get eight whole new ones every year <laughs> but like mungo really it just it, it yeah it almost doesn't fit because it was so good and so deep and thoughtful and sad um but but then I had only seen it on like the terrible DVD and now you have this gorgeous Blu-ray. Like my only thing is why is the box so big? Uh, well, it's got the book in it and everything. Well, I like that. I like that. And I like the collectible and the art. It's stunning. But I'm like, people, I have limited space on my shelves. And this, oh my This God. is like the size of three movies. Maybe you could throw your copy of Prom Night 3 in the trash and clear up some space. Don't you talk shit <laughs> about my Betty Sue baloney. Yeah, no, I love it. I love that edition of it. It's great. So I've watched that a couple of times since it, since that came out. And I still love this movie so fucking much. I really admire, if you notice, on that edition and everything, you don't hear a peep from Joel Anderson, the writer-director of this. Mm-hmm. he wouldn't like be interviewed for this. Well, I, there's no there's so many special features with so many people but not him i was curious but not him he like wouldn't do it um and like there's nothing about him out there there's nothing he doesn't do interviews there's not the like oh it's the mondo 60 dollar vinyl soundtrack Mm-mm. like all of this like he and i really as frustrating as it is because I think clearly he's so fucking talented, so you want more. But there's also the the part of me that admires it so much that it's like, I want to do this thing. I made this perfect thing. Goodbye. Yeah. Literally, he directed this in, what, 2008, 2007? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then he has one, because I tried doing a little detective work, aka IMDb, he he like wrote one movie a little bit after that and then a, like in 2021 he was credited as a script editor for a movie and that's it doesn't even show up on this gorgeous blu-ray release of his masterpiece and i'm like huh, props to you it almost and the fact that the the actors haven't really i mean granted they're it's australian so i they you know you look at their resumes and they've done a like episode of tv here and there but whatever but it's like it's kind of like you know, Blair Witch came out and they tried to keep up the conceit for a while. And then 
that failed and then everybody's life was a nightmare who was in it yeah then you see heather on the tonight show and then you're like oh she is alive right whereas this almost feels like there's still everybody knows this isn't real but it's like this movie is its own mythological thing because they don't address it they don't talk about it they're not like oh 10 years on lake mungo let's talk to joel anderson it's like these people don't actually exist and it makes it feel a little more real yeah well i mean when you think about the really successful found footage films they're those ones that kind of that enter into the mythic in terms of how they were made and their story and how people relate to them it's this it's uh blair witch although i mean that was so massive but in that moment it was you know revelatory and um ghost watch probably like aired once never aired again because <laughs> everyone got traumatized and cannibal holocaust oh yep yep where Deodato had to like <laughs> prove to the courts that the actors were still alive yep yeah fbi investigation yeah so i think that's gonna get more and more rare you know with the internet and with the need to you know the way media has changed and you have to promote and do you have a social media account and blah 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 oh. and internet detectives will find out right away that you know if something is fake or whatever but so i feel yeah. like this is one of the last ones that yeah like incantation. i mean incantation i wish we could do incantation for the first time for this found footage thing because right. i fucking love that movie so fucking much so good um but that's one that, like, I think is the only other one that really kind of crosses that boundary into not necessarily is it real, but I had never experienced a movie that I felt like was fucking with me before. Incantation. Yeah. It, well, that because that movie, it's uh, McLuhan again, forgive me, but it, it is how it's built and constructed. Right. Like yeah. it's 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 the movie itself breaks the fourth wall and uses the idea of found footage to fuck with you. And I feel I do feel I think Neroy kind of has a similar. I think Incantation took it further, but I think Neroy had a little bit of that. Um, Yeah, I guess. Well. And in terms of like trying to create a story and a mystery and are people following along, whether it's real or not, I guess that kind of happened slightly, not, not like what it was with Blackwell ghost, but as a cultural kind of occurrence, I guess like there's Blackwell ghost sort of did that. Oh yeah. Um, before he made too many of them and then it just turned into him talking with guitar. But the last one, I don't know what the last one I saw was seven or something. I don't think you ever saw it. But... Oh, six, the wife, the one with the, I didn't see it yet. I got so mad. I said, I'm out. I tapped out. I'm done. I'm done. He just did a seven now. And now there's another one coming. Why, why are there so many? <laughs> but it is interesting to me too. And sorry, this is probably a tangent, but um, I I think there it's funny how, what Cannibal Holocaust was really, was that the first instance of film horror film found footage? I think so. One of it's definitely one of them. It's one of the very earliest, yeah. And then, and then that's you know, I mean, yes, last broadcast people like to pretend that they made a movie. Well, <laughs> I'm sure it's fine, but um, up until Blair Witch, it was kind of a unused genre or art form for the genre. Yeah, yeah, you had like the McPherson tape, but nobody saw the McPherson tape. <laughs> I love <laughs> the McPherson tape. Yeah, it's really cool, but I mean, it's kind of like yeah, it's like yeah. There was Black Christmas, but it was Halloween that really 
push the slasher movie into the yes. consciousness. It's like yeah. that kind of phenomenon. Peeping Tom. Yeah. 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 And so Blair Witch is what did it. But it's so interesting that over the last 20 years, because I mean, this genre really is only 20 years old, which is nuts, 24 years old. But um, it's interesting that that kind of correlates also with the internet and with people having access to like home video and, and uh, but also at the same time that now we live in the world of deep fakes and like fake news. And <sighs> it's just interesting to me that this is found footage was a conceit, but now what we understand as reality and news is arguably also found footage, but TikTok, it's just strange and interesting. Mm. But it's, it's more than just picking up a camera and pointing, sitting in the back seat with the camera and pointing it at the person in the front seat is like, David, turn it off. Uh-huh. Like it has to be more than that, you know? You have to fall for the, you have to have a queen like Heather Donahue to anchor it down. Or uh, Ankala Vidal that you just are like, you're like, get that scoop, baby. No, don't go in that room. Um you the, 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 that's for me what really is so successful about lake mungo is is it touches on that but it is it, it's authenticity the acting will absolutely make or break a movie like this and the acting on this is these actors are incredible i didn't realize that so much of it had been improvised until i was watching those special features and i'm like I guess that really is, I mean, because that's how Christopher Guest does it too, because and that, that's the problem with bigger budget found footage or more intentional, more more designed found footage that comes from the studios, where it's like, you're, you're, they're just, I can tell they're saying lines. But yeah, in this, the actors are spectacular. Or they try, the thing is, it's like, you have to have good actors who can do the improv, but it, it also takes a lot of work to get there. They have to know what information they have to impart. They have to devise it with their scene partner. Yeah. And, you know, with the director and all of this. And even if it's improvised, it still has to be rehearsed. You know, like, like you need to, we're going to get this point across, et cetera, et cetera. Because otherwise you have found footage films like the Super Cheapies where they try to improvise and they haven't practiced. The, the actors aren't experienced or whatever. And that's when it devolves into screaming. Yeah. And the like, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Quick, shake the camera, add a glitch effect, even though digital cameras don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But these, these, this, this, this cast is just incredible. And even visually, he did such a great job of making them look like a family. Like the ch- Alice and her brother, Matthew, look like they would be the children of these people. Yeah. And sometimes you get that where it's like, here's the family and they just, it doesn't, you don't believe it. Yeah. And this, I mean, this entirely, this is about the family. You need that family to work and that family has to actually be a real family for this to to have any impact. Because if you don't care about these people, you're not going to be upset. The acting is, I don't think there's a single performance that gives it away in this movie. Yeah, there isn't even the like, oh, the, you know, third high school friend they talk to, Alice is, you know, like for one scene is, Mm -hmm. well, I can tell that that's like none of them. It's everybody from top to bottom. This feels like an event that actually happened. And here are the people who were impacted by it. Mm -hmm. And then and in addition to that, there's also like just the. The fact that the universe of this film is alive, well, it's actually dead and grieving and a ghost, but it's it's alive and it is 
um it's peppered with just like details that just strike you as funny weird sad and and it's i keep thinking of that word authentic which i hate that word because what the hell is authenticity but like i think of when when the dad is talking about driving the family home and there's something wrong with the car so they have to drive all the way back to town in reverse and you just see that shot of the car driving backwards and like it's just that doesn't need to be in there but it's just these little details that flesh it out and make it more real that i just love mm-hmm there's so many, I don't know if profound is the right word, but this movie is so much more meaty than we usually get with found footage. Yeah. Some of the story threads or just things that are said have such a kind of truth to them. Yeah. That it becomes that much more affecting. Or just like like you said, the little details, like when... So what, I mean, what happens? The, right. The... the <laughs> The the family, the Palmer family, takes a weekend. They go to a lake. Alice drowns their daughter. She drowns. They can't find her. And they have to go home. And, like, that's where it starts. And just when the mother, June, mentions, like, on the drive home, there was an empty seat in the car. And just, like, like acknowledging it that way, that kind yeah. of difference it's that kind of inconsequential detail on the surface of things. Yeah. That makes it real. Well, in a in a lesser film someone would be someone would be like Alice is dead, mom. But yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, but in this it's like it, it it's it's that the character has to remember and have a real have that the same grieving realization of loss. Now I can't talk to this person. When your first instinct is to talk to the person. Like, that's real versus just, oh, she's dead. She's dead. She's not coming back. <laughs> like, yeah, why did you get it, Mom? Yeah. <laughs> why are you filming, Danny? <laughs> like, yeah. It's... yeah. And so there's a lot of that there where it, it it gets into things. You know, part of the one thread running through this is, you know, the secrets that we keep from the people that we're closest to. Yeah. Um, and how you maybe don't know Maybe you don't know anybody, but maybe you don't know the people you think you know. Maybe you don't know them at all. And they talk about, you know, there's quotes with June's mother saying, like, I think I withheld from my daughter. And she, in turn, withheld from Alice. Mm -hmm. And just this kind of, like, legacy of maternal guilt and the way they interact with each other and all that. And it's, it's another thing that doesn't have any bearing on the plot, necessarily. It's another kind of throwaway, but it's just... The world building. Yeah, yeah, it's it's giving you a psychological basis for these characters and who they are and why they have these relationships with each other the way that they do. Right. It just it makes them like that is the thing that that families deal with. That is the way mothers and daughters kind of like everything seems fine, but there's a block there. Yeah. Or something you know, it just makes these people relatable and it makes it makes it seem more use the word you hate it does make it seem more authentic like we're watching yeah. an actual story about actual people yeah it's there's um even just i mean in the way that they approach these the the stories that they're telling because their stories are made up but the way that they're approaching them as actors and conveying this history like you get 
the son talking about how he was swimming with Alice and then he turns to go back and he assumes she's coming with him or something or, you know, then he realizes that she's not there with him and he realizes that the towel is still there. So she hasn't got it out of the water. Her towel is still there dry on the, on the shore. And there's, I don't know if it was just my wanting to read this in, but I feel like it's in the film. There is a, a way that the dad is looking at him that almost feel felt to me like I read in a couple of their interactions, like the, the dad has some resentment towards the son mm. for maybe not helping her or not being there, not making sure she got out of the water. It just, it felt in some of their interactions, like he was harboring something kind of a little more grief that was projected at the son. And it's just like, just choices like that, that actors might have going into this. That's, it, that's what really brings it alive in a way where you're like, there is subtlety underneath this story. There is, um, there's a whole lot of ghosts in the story. I think that, I think I appreciate the subtlety the most <laughs> because especially with found footage, it often does. I mean, you know how I feel about the Blair Witch Project, but so many movies in the genre just become the last five minutes of the Blair Witch Project. Yes. Yes. The opposite of this film is a movie called The Pyramid uh where they go into an egyptian pyramid dennis o'hare god love him it goes into a pyramid and then at the end of the movie they're fighting cgi anubis (laughs) who lives in the pyramid i mean that devil's devil's pass the dlf pass movie that i love that's terrible by rennie harlan where they're fighting time time dimension mutants that are them in the future it's what yeah so even the big like money shot of this movie if you will this is like the one that keeps you awake at night that is existentially terrifying oh, God. that is uh aesthetically terrifying just it's terrifying in any number of ways it, there's a subtlety to it still yeah it's slow yeah it's confrontational it's drawn out it's blurry at first and then you realize what it is when it's way too close to you. Mm-hmm. And then it stays on the screen forever, frozen. And then I'm like staring at my cat instead of the TV because I can't look at it. <laughs> I think this movie, I think I kind of realized it actually on this watch, this last watch for this show, is that the way this movie talks about and approaches death and all of that, like not the format of this movie, but kind of thematically, this movie reminds me of a lot of the East Asian movies that I love. Yes. Death is inevitable. I mean, like June has the quote, death takes everything eventually. It's the meanest, dumbest machine there is, and it just keeps coming and it doesn't care. There's nothing else to know about it, really. Hmm. That's not the kind of philosophy we tend to get in a lot of Western horror movies, no. where it's just like... Yeah, death is inevitable. It's coming for all of us. Yep. But it is something they tend to explore in Korean horror or Japanese horror or like any of the East Asian, Southeast Asian films. Yeah. More. Well, it does seem like Australia has a special relationship with that that's a little different than than the rest of the West, too. Australia is so terrifying to me. Right, because it's so death metal. It's, I mean, every animal, bug, every single thing wants to kill you. Yeah. It's... Uh, relatively newly colonized 
Yeah. Uh, there's a horrific, massive wilderness, which is the bulk of the interior of the continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the then, landscape is otherworldly. Other the animals have parts that they should not have: yeah. bills and webbed feet <laughs> and tails and th- 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 and they jump and they are eighteen feet long. Um, yeah, I feel like Australia kind of gets it in a way. They 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 kind of excel at the existential. I mean, look at Picnic at Hanging Rock. I was going to say Picnic at Hanging Rock. There's something about this. Is just my idea of Australia, but the only place that seemed somewhat familiar as someone who's never been to Australia or the Australian Outback uh, is it evokes in me the same feeling I had when I spent some time in New Mexico, which is like, there's something about this place that is spooky that feels, and it's like, I could believe in both of those locations. If, if somebody someday discovered that like, Whatever, like the magnetism in these places is off from everywhere else or something like this. The ley lines. Yeah, like if there is like some kind of supernatural hijinks gonna happen, it's gonna happen in Australia or New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's where that's where the aliens happen or that's where the schoolgirls get sucked into a rock. Yeah, and so I had that feeling watching this. Like, some of the landscape shots, when the family goes out to Lake Mungo, Alice went on a school trip to Lake Mungo, they find footage of it eventually and realize she buried something out in the in the scrub, the desert scrub brush. And so the family takes a trip out there to find it, and it was just like the the, the environment shots and everything, just really, it's really spooky as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and very hanging rock. Very hanging rock. It's a very strange place. Yeah. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. If you've never seen this movie, maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. <laughs> uh, but boy, it's still one of my favorites. Yeah, same. It's so good. It's so good. It's so upsetting. It's so sad. It's If you're me, you'll spend the entire film covered in goose goose goosebumps. This time, not even the final, not even the the shot was the one that did me in, though. It was really the dad's description of going into her, into Alice's room and then seeing the apparition of her and just him talking about that. And then my brain (laughs) imagining that and how he says she sat, she's looking at her phone. She turns around. She notices him there. She stares at him and then she comes at him and says, get out, get out. So upsetting. And then I got even more upset because I forgot that they did this where later they show home movie footage Mm -hmm. and it's the brother in her room. She is on her phone. She turns around, she stares at him and she comes at him saying, get out, get out. And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I got so upset. Yeah. The parallels that one. And at the end, that just is such a heartbreaker of the, the dual consultations with the psychic like alice went to see a psychic and june went to see the same psychic and he has them do that exercise where it's like close your eyes and imagine you walk into the house and tell me what you see in the house and they're each talking about the same thing from their own perspective like the same interaction from their own perspective and it's like it's just so haunting and so sad of like that's what struck me is really like 
is this Korean horror where it's like right. not knowing you're a ghost or being able to like experience yourself as a ghost while you're still alive that kind of thing is just so yeah. it just drops the bottom out from under you like of everything we know about life and it's so scary it's very pulse yes it's i think that, i mean well that's the the big the one of the greatest uh the, the greatest sadnesses of this film is like people need closure the mom the mom especially is really going on an emotional journey in this film because she doesn't she doesn't identify the body in the in when when Alice is found, and so the I think the dad and the son have a little bit more closure around it, and she doesn't. And th- you know they they uncover these secrets about Alice. They find out stuff about her. They find out that she saw this app. Well, that she saw something <laughs> um, that's on her phone that she later buried. They uncover all of that, and the mom's like, "I think she wanted us to know. I think she wanted us to learn a little bit more about her." And then they go back home and the house feels calm and then they move out and it's like, well, so they have moved on. But then at the very end, you see that picture and she's still in the window. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the idea of us moving on, the living moving on from grief or accepting it, but then that there is still a loss and there's still there, that there could be this person that is in a way forgotten. Yeah. Just, Talk about a gut punch. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that was the thing is, you know, when Alice was describing her dream, it was that her mother couldn't see her. Yep. And just that idea of being alive, but not being seen in a real way, not in a like, finally a girl boss like me. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But just how how terrifying to have everything you know about existence yanked away from you, I guess. Yeah. But also a kindness that she did pass before Girl Boss became a thing. That's <laughs> true. So there is that. She knew nothing of a hashtag. <laughs> it was still but a pound sign. Right. Yeah. Wow. It still does all of the wavy still shots where you look at the ghost and god damn it every fucking time with this movie because a part you know the the whole revelation they get back matthew the son has been taking photographs and video footage and you can see alice in the photos and the footage right but this is a big this is a big con he staged all of it this is a revelation like half an hour into the movie or something Mm -hmm. And every fucking time at the end when it's time for the credits and they show all of the things that he took again, like all of his staged photos and you realize that Alice really was there the entire time, but somewhere else in the photograph or the footage. It gets me every time. They never found her. They never saw her. And neither did I. No matter how many times I've seen this, I still, like, the director is so good at composing the shot or whatever that my eye is always drawn to Matthew as Alice. Still. Yeah. I I forget every time that there's another Alice somewhere to look for. Completely forgot. Completely forgot. And that's how this film has cinematic parallels with Tar. It's true, though. Well, sure. 
I didn't pick up on any of the fucking ghosts in Tar. I did not see a single thing in the background of that movie. When I saw that Twitter thread, I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, I was completely clueless. I love it. Uh, anyway, Lake Mungo. God, it's so good. Watch it. If you haven't seen it, why are you listening to this? Uh, we didn't tell you not to listen, but you know what? It's your fault that you haven't seen this movie. <laughs> it's one of those where we haven't really talked about the plot, like gone into great plot detail because it does kind of feel like everybody's seen this. And also just, I don't know. And then they go to the store <laughs> and they buy this. It's like, I don't know. There's something about it with this movie that just feels weird. But there's, yeah, I think this movie is, it's it's just, it's a deep vibe, vibey mood piece. You need to just experience it and, and let it, um, you treat it like the depressing bath bomb that it is. Yeah. And let it just soak into you and absorb you, let you just absorb it. It really is so sad. Yeah. The heaviness of it. Mm-hmm. Of grieving for somebody. Mm-hmm. Suffocating. This movie's suffocating. <sighs> well, with all that said, Stacy, are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? No. A chopping block no longer? We left the chopping block behind in 2022, okay? But Stacy, it was a fan favorite. It was. And maybe we'll do it again someday. Yeah, it's not. Who's to say it's gone forever? That's right. If Dracula can come back, so can the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a hippie in the 1970s will get a, they'll get a paper cut and they'll drip their blood on the chopping block's remains. That, that's right. And the powder will reconstitute itself into the chopping block. A fully formed block. Yeah. <laughs> no. New year. New uh, segment. New, new game show. New year, no game show, baby. That's right. Could you put it past us to not have another game show? What is a horror podcast without a game show segment? Stacy, in that case, with all that said, are you ready to step into the great value pyramid? <laughs> I think I am. <gasps> This is a, this will be interesting. It could be a disaster. We'll see. It's us, so it probably will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This might not work at all. This might be a failure. Uh, but today, at least, it's Great Value Pyramid. Which, if you've ever seen the game show, $10,000 Pyramid, $25,000 Pyramid, $50,000 Pyramid, $100,000 Pyramid. Pyramid. <laughs> increments of pyramids yeah uh then you know what you're in for because this is a total homage i was gonna say ripoff homage <laughs> there we go that's what the filmmakers say <laughs> yeah to uh the winner's circle on one of those pyramid game shows so what does that mean what does that mean are you asking me 
Well, I don't know. If you uh, <laughs> feel free. What it means is Stacy and I have created categories. We have multiple categories that if you know Pyramid, it's like unto taboo or like password where we have to give each other clues. Uh, and then and then we have to guess what the category is that we are trying to clue you into. Yeah, you can't go like the the person giving the clues can't elaborate too much you're supposed to get it's like a topic that comes up and you have to give examples of the topic without saying the thing itself can't say the thing itself and you can't blah 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 too much Mm -mm. Mm -mm. it's 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 so then we have uh we have literally created a pyramid of our categories so we have three on the bottom two on the top or two in the middle and one on top and we have 60 seconds to effectively describe the clues for the categories to the other person. And if the other person gets all of the, the clues correctly and guesses all the categories and ascends to the top of the pyramid in one minute or 60 seconds, then you... Um, um, you get, Congratulations. You, you get alive. <laughs> yeah, you made it to the top. If you don't, guess what? We're not putting the heads they out of work. We're job creators. We are we we are disruptors. We are entrepreneurs. <laughs> we care about our employees as long as they don't unionize. And how, how could we put our non-binary executioner out of work? We would get canceled on the internet. We can't do that. If you get the if you get anything wrong, or if you well, is it if you get anything wrong, or if you just don't make it in time? <laughs> yeah, if if time runs out time runs out you get the chop and you're dead and it's another it's another skeleton in the pyramid that's right yes because the person uh giving the clues can pass on a category also and come back to it so if you're really struggling let's say pass go to the next one and then if there's time remaining you can go back to the category you originally passed now see we created our our topics our categories but not the clues and anthony and i did a little tiny weeny <laughs> yeah. <we are. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stacy, this is a first for you, huh? I said, what's that? It's a Vienna uh, sausage. We call it a Vienna sausage. <laughs> uh, we did a small test run of half of me giving clues and Anthony uh, trying to guess. And I spent the whole 60 seconds on one clue. I should have passed. I told because I had a big brain fart and it just wasn't working. <laughs> but anyway, the point is we made our topics, but we haven't like written down clues or whatever. So this is no. just as much a surprise for the asker as it is for the guesser. Yeah. So it's like really nerve wracking. We actively have to work together <laughs> to, yes. to, to succeed. Yeah. So we'll see. I like I literally wrote all the topics down on actual cards. See, I'm flipping uh, the card. See, oh, gotta... can you hear yeah. that? See, this is your cards sound like they're thicker than mine. I used cardstock. Oh, good job. That's what, well. I wanted to shuffle them. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So I have no idea what the categories will be. Whatever. Anyway, all I can do here is what I do every day, which is do my best to channel my inner Teresa Ganzel. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully do a good job. She was an incredible whiz at Pyramid. I'm grateful for this history. This history, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Stacy, 
Are you ready? I'm ready. I guess I'm really nervous. I'm gonna do you first. What's that? What? I'm well. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna clue you in first. How's that? Okay. Okay. I'll try my hand first. Okay. So I'm gonna set my timer for sixty seconds. Mm-hmm. Set and then and then I'll start and and with the categories too, people like we're not we're not fascists about adhering to exactly what the category if it's close enough. Right, but most of my my categories are written pyramid style. Things that <laughs> right blah yeah yeah I have a little bit of both yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited! I'm so scared. Ooh, I'm nervous um, as heck. Okay, so uh, do we? Last question: Do we confirm what the category is, or we just say yes and keep moving for time? Uh, I just do like a ding, 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 and move on, or something. Great. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh gosh. I'm sweating already. I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. Okay, I think you're gonna get this. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two. One. Okay, um, uh, Sweeney Todd, um, uh... Musicals? Horror uh, musicals? Yes, yes, next! Okay, um, uh, Faye Dunaway and the Bye Bye Man. Um, uh, um, um... Ladies with guns. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, Faye Dunaway and the Bye Bye Man. Um, uh, um, uh, okay, pass. Um, uh, my, 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 uh, ain't no, <laughs> ain't no skin off my tits! Um, characters um, we love. She, she was weird. She's, she's weird. Oh, the bit characters we love. Uh, oh, um, uh, oh, my, my, ma'ams. Um, uh, the, the oh, queens. Weird. The queens. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Bub. Um, uh, Big Daddy. Uh, Fido. Uh, zombies in George Romero movies. Um, Fido. Oh, Fido. Fido. Um, zombies who uh, uh, have jobs. Bub. Uh, yes. Um. Okay. Uh. Uh. Quarantine. Um, uh, funny games, uh, Gus Van Sant Psycho. Remakes. Uh, of, e- uh, shop for Shop remakes. Yes, yes, uh, fuck. One minute. <laughs> God damn it. Phew, sweaty. I know, I'm so clammy. <laughs> I'm so clammy. What did I miss? You well, I I couldn't think of it. This is the problem with this the is what happened with us is that I got stuck on like two things and you weren't getting it and I could not think of any more. I exactly. couldn't think of anyone other than Faye Dunaway and the Bye Bye Man. That was great actors in bad movies. Oh wow! Uh, that was what that was supposed to be. Okay. <laughs> I well done with all the other ones. Um, what what was the other thing you didn't get? That's the one you didn't get. And then we didn't get to the top of the pyramid. There was one oh, last okay. category. Right. Before... Don't tell me so you can use it again. Yeah. It's hard. It's actually really difficult to give the clues. Teresa Genzel, you realize how incredible she was, right? <sighs> it okay. takes us. It takes, like you've said before, it takes a beauty parlor brain. That's right. I don't have that. So good luck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. You have 60 seconds on the clock. My pyramid is pyramided uh period <laughs> okay are you ready right. yep catech time starts one two three now um uh oh um chicken bones feathers um grandpa oh uh texas chainsaw massacre things in the texas chainsaw house yes ding, ding, ding. uh next one. Oh wow man my weed stogie <laughs> do you ever think about uh john carpenter happened? john carpenter and his butterfly chair uh, cheer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, next one. Um, uh, alien. 
Um, Pet Cemetery. Um, uh, uh, The Sentinel. Um, um uh, horror movies from the 70s? Uh, no, pass. No, um, oh, oh. Uh, uh, a machete, a sleeping bag. Um, uh, things Jason kills people with. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Um, uh, an extra baby arm, sunglasses. Uh, things Helena Marcos has wear. Yes, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, oh, the eggs in Alien. Um, uh, Tar Man from... Things inside vessels. <laughs> nope. Well. <laughs> Where how am did I? They, how did they do it in a minute? I don't know. How did they win with like 20 seconds left on the clock? They were all pros, though. Even the guessers were good at it. We're new. This is a new thing. What did I get? You didn't get uh, horror movies with cats. Oh, Jonesy and Jezebel. Jonesy, Pet Cemetery, yeah. And you didn't get things that drip or ooze. <laughs> oh, well, you didn't say the right thing. I didn't say <laughs> Vienna sausage. You didn't say Vienna sausage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> um i feel fraught yeah i don't even know where i am anymore my 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 like my like blood pressure is is, is through the roof (laughs) one of us will have a heart attack (laughs) i like this game a lot i think it works it's really fun listeners could tell us say that was a that was Horrible to have to listen to. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. Well, I need to lie down. Right. That was exhausting. That was like the, the <gasps> when the chopping block started. You know, back in the day when it was nerve wracking. Yes. So we both got our heads cut off. We're both dead. Both dead the first time. Well, that's fine. <laughs> It's a new show, baby. Like we said, you know, totally new. Wow. I am shaken. Yeah. My breath. I, I, yeah, it, this is exactly, it, it, it it feels like the first time all over again. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Uh, well, yeah, let us know what you think of these new things. We're yeah. the old things. Even, you know, like, uh, uh, hello, we're back. Thank you for bearing with us. Thank you, subscribers. Thank you. Et cetera, et cetera. Thank you for waiting patiently or impatiently or whatever. Yeah, we missed you. We missed each other. We missed We missed, We missed. missed the Gaylords. Right. Uh, but we have arisen from the grave. And uh, so, you know, you can tell us all of those things, like on our social medias that we have. If you go to gaylordsofdarkness.com, you will find links to all of them and to past episodes, all of that sort of thing. If this is your first episode with us, hello. Thank you for being here. Welcome. 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 Um, if you, this is not your first time, hello also. <laughs> At the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, right? 
Yeah, so we're back. We're back now. We're back to our Wednesday's weekly schedule for Found Footage Month. We'll be here all month watching the the spookiest. Well, maybe they're all spooky. Maybe some of them are going to be bad. We'll find out. We'll find out all month long. Yeah, that's right. We'll see how long a month is. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll learn together. That's right. <laughs> Until then. Okay. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, oh my, my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.